Hello and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. This is the podcast for May 17th, 2020. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths and I'm really glad you're joining us. A couple big dates coming up this week on our calendar. First, a personal one. On May 20th, Wednesday, in 2019, I was called by the Pastoral Nominating Committee of this church and asked to be your next pastor. I am humbled and at the same time longing for the day where we get to worship together again. Second, for the church worldwide, for all those who are following Jesus, May 21st, Thursday, marks the actual day in history that Jesus ascended into heaven, the text in which we are studying this morning. So let, let us pause for a moment. And listen to our call to worship. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. God has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. Praise be to God, who has not rejected our prayer or with held his love from us. That comes from Psalm 66. And may it seep to our core as we join together in worship this morning.
Good morning. Today's children's message will be discussing how Jesus loves us and would like us to love one another. Everywhere we go, there are rules. We have rules at home, we have rules at school, and even now our home schools. Even adults have to follow rules where they work. So we must learn to follow the rules if you want to get along in this world. I found a list of rules called the Golden Rules for Living. I don't know who wrote these, but some make a lot of sense. If you open it, close it. If you turn it on, turn it off. If you unlock it, lock it. If you move it, put it back. If it belongs to someone else, ask for permission to use it. If you borrow it, return it. If you don't know how to operate it, leave it alone. (laughs) If you use it, take care of it. If you break it, admit it. If you can't fix it, call someone who can. If you mess it up, clean it up. Those are some pretty good rules, aren't they? If all of us would follow those rules, the world would be a better place. Living by a set of rules isn't anything new. Even Jesus knew the importance of rules. One day, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he knew that the day was coming when he would return to heaven. And he was trying to prepare his disciples for the day when he would no longer be with them. He wanted to leave them with something that would help them to live in such a way that other people would see them and know that they were his disciples. I will be with you only a little while longer, Jesus told them. Then you will look for me, but you won't find me because you can't go where I am going. I leave you with a new commandment. You must love each other just as I have loved you. If you love each other, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Wouldn't you like for people to look at you the way you live and know that you are a follower of Jesus? Well, then it's time to obey his command. Love one another as I have loved you. Pray with me. Jesus, we thank you that you loved us so much, that you gave your life for us. Help us to love one another as you have loved us. Amen. As members of Christ's body, we confess the reality of sin, captivity, and brokenness in our personal life, our community, and our society, and ask for God's saving grace. Please pray with me. Holy and merciful God, we come before you this morning to humbly confess our sins, our failings, and our shortcomings. For failing to love others as you have loved us, God of grace, forgive us. For wasting your gifts and hoarding our goods, God of grace, forgive us for plundering the earth and abusing the planet, God of grace, forgive us. For fearing those who are strangers to us and ignoring those who are in need, God of grace, 
forgive us for losing heart and abandoning hope. God of grace, forgive us for all the ways we turn from you. God of grace, forgive us. We offer our prayer in the name of the one who saves us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. By the grace of Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Amen and amen. Water you turn into wine Open the eyes of the mind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God Our God Sing into the darkness. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Our God is greater, 
Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Last time. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? Then what could stand against? As we continue in our series on Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, or could also be called Luke Book 2, I want to remind us of two things. One is that this is true. This really happened. And number two, um, this is our origin story. These are the folks that first started the movement now called the church capital C in which we are a part of turn with me to Acts chapter 1 and I'll start reading in verse 6 so when they had come together they asked him Lord is this the time when you will restore the kingdom of Israel he replied It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going... And they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day day journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. Together, with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the first couple of verses, verses 6 through 8, we see apostles 
still still confused. <laughs> and then we see also Jesus, our Lord, giving his apostles an agenda. First, the apostles are still confused. I don't know about you, but I've been on plenty of road trips. And this means I've been asked plenty of times, are we there yet? This is much like the apostles. They come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, is it is it time for us to restore the kingdom of Israel? What are they saying? They're saying, is it time for us to be politically put in charge? Are you going to be set up now? You're resurrected. Let's 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 have you king of Israel and us as your you know worker worker bees, and let's let's restore some some order around here. You know, I'd be confused too. We always often hard we're we're often hard on these apostles. Jesus picked twelve, pointing to the twelve tribes of Israel. He's poured into these these men. He's led them. He's and these men have seen him raise people from the dead, give amazing sermons, heal the heal the sick, feed the hungry. And now they've seen him crucified, dead and buried, and now risen again. Now it's time, it's glory time, it's go time, right? Are we there yet? Instead of saying no, Jesus teaches. And Jesus teaches you, and he teaches me, and he teaches the apostles that the kingdom of God isn't like we, what we want it to be oftentimes or what we think it's going to be oftentimes. The kingdom of God is not a place. It's not Israel. The kingdom of God is a realm. And it's not being just for Israel. It's international in its membership. He starts to broaden their horizon even as he's teaching them. And that's, that's kind of the story of this book, the Acts of the Apostles. It first starts in, in Jerusalem, and they really do feel like it's a new Israel. But then Gentiles start mingling in, and then it explodes and starts moving throughout the world and Ultimately, it ends up in Costa Mesa with the search committee calling me a year ago and me becoming your head pastor. That's the end of that. That's this is the beginning of that story. Before I get ahead of myself, too excited. Let's get back to the text. In verse eight, often people have said, commentators had said, have said that this is a table of contents of the book of of Acts. Um, the Holy Spirit shows up, which is in a couple weeks on our calendar and in a couple chapters. Actually, I think it's in the next chapter of this book. And then it starts in Jerusalem and then it goes to Judea and Samaria and ultimately to the ends of the earth. What's his agenda? His agenda is wait for power. His agenda is wait for power and be witnesses. Jesus says to these apostles, and I imagine he's, I I can picture him looking them each in the eye and saying, you, you wait for power. You, you be my witnesses. You are my witnesses. 
in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. John Stott adds, this is still the agenda of Jesus. And he says this, we have no liberty to stop. And that would add, add the words, being witnesses to Jesus the Christ. Until both ends have been reached. In our next section, we get a visual painted for us by this author, Luke, of Jesus ascending into heaven and angels showing up. He ascends into a cloud. It reminds me, and probably reminds every reader, and the apostles especially, of all the times that God led his people all throughout the Old Testament by a pillar of a cloud. It also reminds me of the image painted by the prophet Daniel in Daniel 7, where in the end of it all, our Messiah will ride in on a cloud. One theologian put it like this beautifully. They were granted a theophany. Jesus is enveloped in the cloud of the divine presence. And as they're looking up, it says in the text, angels suddenly appear. I, I, I love how Luke... This almost—it's almost comical I, to me. It reminds me of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusade. It reminds me of that scene where Indiana is in a car racing towards a cliff, and he's fighting a Nazi, and all of his friends, his dad and his teammates, have jumped out of the car, and the car is racing towards a cliff, and he he ditches without everybody seeing. He jumps out of the car, and the car goes over the cliff. And then everyone that loves Indiana, just they, they think he's died. And so they're looking over the edge of the cliff. And then Indiana Jones kind of stumbles all ruffled and, you know, like tattered and stuff because he jumped from a moving car. But he comes out, and he looks over the edge too. <laughs> I get a picture of angels coming next to the apostles, kind of looking up too. They're kind of kind of inferring, hey, what are you guys looking at? What's up there? Um, I don't know if you've ever done that in the crowd, but it's really fun. Uh, But that's another sermon. Um, So, when John Stott says, these words of the angels reminding the apostles, she comes straight to us. His words are, Their calling was to be witnesses, not stargazers. Just a few moments ago, Jesus had said, Hey, I want you to be witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. And all all, they've already forgotten. And the angels show up and say, Hey, he just said it. Don't forget. Be witnesses. Go be who you are. And then, in verses 12 through 14, 
they returned to Jerusalem and prayed. They returned. And I think it implies here um, to do what they were told. To wait for the power. To wait for the Holy Spirit. Recognize that on Thursday, this day really happened. And recognize that the apostles, they had holy habits. They went back to where they, they know God had been. And they do the things which they knew would bring them closer to said God, Jesus the Christ. I used to work with a, actually I worked for uh, Pastor Mark McCormick, and uh, he was my boss for a lot of years, and now he's a he's an executive pastor up in Fullerton. But I, I'll never forget, he told me one time, um, when I was in a time of confusion, um, and a time of, I don't know what to do, he looked at me and said, Jason, do what you know, what it, the, do what you know works and has worked in the past do what God has taught you that when you do it he shows up now I'm not a complicated person I'm I've realized over the years if I want to be tight with God, if I want to be close with God, it simply boils down to getting up, reading God's word, and talking to him at the beginning of every day. It's a holy habit. And you see examples of it all over the place in the Bible. Um, David and Goliath. Remember, he's he's training, and it says in the text that he is slaying all these. I think he, I think he killed a bear with a sling. You can kill a giant with a sling if you've killed a bear and a lion. Like he's he's killed all these things. Even just last year, I was pretty darn confused. I knew I wasn't in the place where I was supposed to be, but I didn't know where the next step was going to be. And Malia and I, I just remembered, we followed Mark's advice. My buddy Mark McCormick's advice. We prayed and we read scripture. We clung to God. And he ultimately answered with the greatest answer I've ever received in my whole life. (laughs) And now I'm your pastor. And Notice, they return and they pray, and it's because they have this holy habit. They've done it time and time again. Notice, prayer is ministry. You don't pray to prepare for ministry. The angel reminds them, go back, wait for the power. And as they pray, they're doing ministry. They're talking and they're listening to God. 
John Calvin says two essentials for true prayer, namely that they persevered and were of one mind. Did you catch that? Two things are essential about the prayers of these apostles and these women, it says later in the text. They're united. Even when while, while we're not gathering. Maybe this is even more, even more so. We as followers of Jesus need to remember we're united. We have the same Holy Spirit because this is, we, we live in post-Pentecost. Like we have the Spirit within us. And we need to remember and be reminded the church isn't the building. And now we're kind of even learning the church isn't the people gathering together. It's the people knowing they are together. Even when we're apart. It's interesting that it's roll call. You know, it's united and then it lists the names. It lists the names of the 11 remaining apostles and that it adds Mary, the mother of Jesus, and certain women. Most people think that was Mary Magdalene included. And they're constantly devoted. I don't know about you, but this COVID-19 has been a heightened sense of confusion and stress. That's just like the text we just read. The Savior just took off. The Savior just the Savior of the world, Jesus, said, No, nah, the kingdom's not like you thought it was gonna be, and then rolled up and was in, engulfed in the clouds. And they're by themselves and in a time where it's not really safe to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. They huddle together and they they know they're united and in their heightened sense of confusion and stress, much like now, they devote. How do we apply this text? First, be comforted. Whoever's listening right here, be comforted. We have a king, Jesus the Christ. And in times of chaos, this is truly good news. Our King Jesus, he isn't surprised. He's in total control. Next, we are called to be witnesses, not stargazers. Share your testimony through your patience, through your hope, love, peace, joy, I quote Getty Lee from Rush. More is more. A lot of people say less is less or less is more. More is more. Be a witness in as many ways as you can. Let your face know that your king is in control. Let your neighbor know that you were saved by the grace of God through the power of Jesus the Christ and him dead, buried, crucified and risen again 
on your behalf. Be a witness. Next, we are called in this time to return to holy habits. If this is the first time you've ever heard this, I'm calling you right now to create holy habits. Talk to God. If you're learning how to pray, read Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is serving on the mount. He has a several paragraphs of what real prayer looks like. Listen for God. If you're learning to listen for God, pray with me right now. Psalm 25, four, verses 4 and 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I will wait all the day long. Amen and amen. As we continue in worship, I have no update from our finance team as to our gifts that were taken in this week, for there was no count. Um, but I would like to announce, if you want a printed copy of the Covenant Call, uh, please notify us. And you would do so by giving us your address, writing it down on a piece of paper, maybe even including with your tithes and offerings, and sending it to the church um, post office box 2128 Costa Mesa, California 92628 Now God's tithes and our offerings are received.
Let us bring the needs of the church, the world, and all in need, and place them in God's loving care. Pray with me. 
God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayers. Empower the church throughout the world in its life and witness. Break down barriers that divide, that united in your truth and love. The church may confess your name, share one religion, sit together at one table, and serve you in one common ministry. We pray for this church and its ministry, that all needs, including financial, are met. Guide and direct all leaders of the church that in serving your people, they are serving you. Compassionate God, we hear so much information from so many qualified people, and yet we are still confused as to how we are to handle living with this virus and staying well and staying financially secure. It seems almost impossible to achieve both. We beseech you, bring this COVID virus under control. Empower the doctors, scientists, and others to find a vaccine to give us protection from the virus and to find or create drugs that will treat victims and save lives. We pray for families who are suffering financially. May they find jobs soon and have an income adequate to support themselves and their families. May people reach out in compassion and continue to donate food and other needs to those without. Teach us to work together for the benefit of all. And loving God, we pray for all who are working day and night in caring for those who are sick. We pray for the doctors and nurses and other health care workers. Put a shield of protection around them and keep them safe. Give them the energy and endurance they need and the knowledge that they are appreciated beyond measure. We pray for the whole community as tempers flare and various opinions are debated. Guide us to all work together toward a safe outcome for all and protect our children. Guide the rulers of the nations. Inspire them to strive for peace and justice so that all your children may dwell secure. Strengthen this congregation, we pray, in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love that our lives may conform to the image of your Son. Nourish us with your word and sacraments that we may faithfully minister in your name. Lord, look with compassion on all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, not only those we know and love, but those known only to you. As you reach out to us in love, lead us to be present with others in their suffering. Receive all these prayers, O God, in the tenderness of your mighty hand and strengthen our hands to serve you through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now, and forevermore. Amen.